Today is the finale of God Talk. Has it been a good series? Yeah, I'm so stoked. I've had like multiple people tell me that this is having real life impact on this in their everyday life, and it's incredible. I'm getting text messages that are like, I don't even know what to say. And I'm like, cool, that's a good spot to start. Because again, if God's been correcting our speech, how many of y'all know God doesn't just show us what not to say, he shows us what to say, amen? And so that's what we've been talking about is that God Talk, this series has been about yielding our mouths to him so that his goodness can infiltrate and transform any area that we speak in. Amen. How many of y'all use your mouths at home? How many of y'all use your mouths at work? How many of y'all use your mouths at the grocery store? Every single one of those interactions is an opportunity for God to move. When you're driving, oh yeah, when you're driving for real, especially if you're driving with your spouse. And you're having a little, you're having a little, a little thing. You know what I mean? It's a great time to remember God talk. Amen? Let's just go ahead, uh, pull up the core scripture of this series. It's Ephesians 4.29. This is out of the Passion Translation. Uh, If this is your first time here, or maybe you've just been ignoring me thus far, um, every time I bold the words, um, that's your invitation to read them out loud. Uh, If you're the kind of person who can't read and hear at the same time, I get that. Okay, just chill. That's all good. Um, But if this would be helpful to you, I encourage you to read along with me. Are you ready? Let's go. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Isn't that good? I live on a really busy road. Um, I live on, uh, y'all know they call it Stout Road. You know what I mean? It turns into a highway. Um, I'm not going to give you too many details that if I upset you today, you're not egging me. Um, But I live kind of, there's a bend right over here that happens. And it kind of bends out. And it's kind of curvy. And it's starting to feel like it becomes highway. So you know what people start to do? They start to go, it feels like NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm living right next to a NASCAR track. And you know what? I didn't sign up for that. So I'm I'm getting getting older. Some some of the the wiser, gray-haired of us. I got some grays, y'all. I'm just saying, you get up close to this, I'm starting to get like highlights all up in here. And I'm for it, you know. I don't know how Kara feels about it, you know. I think she'll, she'll just have to figure it out, you know. Because I ain't going to be that preacher with like the jet black hair that everyone's like, bro, come on. Come on. You know what I mean? But the older I get, um, the more I find myself being like, you young hooligans, you know. And and I don't know if it's because I also have a kid, you know. Um, Something happens where it's just like, hey, you're endangering my child. And and so I'm in this lane now where I've seriously been tempted just to, like, paint my whole fence that goes along that road to just say, slow down! (laughs) 
and maybe a mean picture of my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Slow down! And, and obviously, that's probably not the best way to communicate. Would you please just re relax? So, so here's for all of our church family. Just, this is a metaphor, but please, literally, slow down there. Okay, it's not a race course, please. Let's lead by example. But, <laughs> please don't. Please don't. You only get to know my address if you're invited. <laughs> um, but, I don't want people to slow down because I hate them getting places quickly. Okay? That would be a strange reason. Like, like why... I, I like getting places quickly. Y'all could probably observe my interstate driving and say the same to me, okay? If we're being honest here, I have some room to grow in regards to the heaviness of my foot on the interstate. Um, so I admit my own hypocrisy, but the metaphor isn't about the interstate, so slow down over there! Um, but I'm not telling, I'm not hoping that people will slow down because I hate them getting places quickly. I have literally pulled people out of cars that have gotten in accidents. I've seen people get hit. I've seen destruction. I've seen many angry fingers. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Pointed at one another. I've heard shouting. I've heard the angriest honking you can have. I literally had someone from oncoming traffic go off and launch up into my yard. Thank God I live on a hill. Otherwise, they would have crashed right into our living room. So I'm not saying slow down because I hate people getting places fast. I'm saying sometimes slowing down prevents a lot of destruction. I'm saying slowing down sometimes prevents us from getting ourselves in a situation where we can actually think and make decisions that could avoid great catastrophe. Slowing down will prevent us maybe from certain hand gestures that I know we can poke fun about cursing and these gestures and all of that, but listen, we are people of God. Don't, we don't just, in our driving, we are people of God. How many of y'all know the same thing applies to our speech? If we would slow this thing down, I think we could prevent a lot of accidents. I think there'd be a lot less situations where we have to pull screaming people out of vehicles. I think there'd be a lot less birdies flying and not the kind of birdies that God loves, you know? Yay birds, you know? But I wonder how many speech fingers have been thrown how many accidents have occurred? And how many times we've hastily bulldozed into someone's yard when it comes to our speech? Anybody ever found themselves in that place? Like six of you, maybe? 
I think a lot of us could use a crotchety old Stephen. JK, you know what we could really use? The gentle, loving counsel of the Spirit of God today saying, slow down. Slow down. This thing, slow down. Let's look at James. The book of James has a tremendous amount of um, instruction regarding our speech, regarding our mouths, regarding how we talk. It says this, you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. You ready? Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Isn't that good? S quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, because our anger doesn't represent God well and it doesn't bring people to God. It does not bring about his righteousness. I can't tell you how many times I hear Christians excusing their anger as some kind of righteous anger. A lot of the time when people say that, they're trying to brand their flesh as spirit. I love you. And I'm not coming at you. I'm saying there's so much room for us to grow. There's so much opportunity that if we would just take pause, instead of getting wrapped up in the thing, y'all ever find yourselves just like in it? And then something coming out of here that you immediately wish you could take back? But guess what? Once these words come out, they're out. And I'm not saying God can't redeem it. I'm not saying there's no such thing as forgiveness. But what I am saying is we were raised. Sticks and stones can hang by bones, but words can never. That's a lie. That's a lie. Words can and probably are the most powerful thing we have at our disposal to accomplish great things for Jesus or terrible things for Satan. And Christians, by default, do not necessarily land in the everything I say is going to immediately be Christ-like. We, too, after receiving Jesus as Lord, every day, every time we open this, have an opportunity to intentionally yield to the Spirit of God and let Him lead what we say so that it is helpful according to the need of the moment and brings great edification. Amen? We build up. We do not destroy. The only thing we destroy are the works of the enemy because we know who the enemy is, and it's Satan. Amen? We are not each other's enemy. I promise you that. The people that the media makes to look like your worst enemy, there's something going on behind the scenes. There's a real enemy. Don't forget the Apostle Paul. Christian terrorist, numero uno, complete flip for Jesus. Anything is actually possible. 
And we are not doing God any favors by making people enemies or by being quick with our speech to attack one another. Amen? Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Ephesians 4.29. Let's pull that up again in the NASB. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but if there is any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. Some of us can't hear God in the moment because we're so wrapped up in the chaos of the moment. Anybody? (laughs) Breathe. Sit down. Go for a walk. Maybe take a nap. Eat a snack? Yeah, there's hangry. Oh, yeah, that's a whole category. We could preach a whole message on hangriness, you know? But real talk, maybe take a nap. You know what? I can, I can tell you that's a real option because this is in Scripture. Mark 4, 35 through 40. I think it's Mark 4. It's Mark something. On that day when evening came... He said to them, this is Jesus, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. This is him speaking to his disciples. After dismissing the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a fierce gale of wind developed, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling with water. Anybody ever feel like you're in this situation? Yeah, where you know what's funny? Jesus is like, hey, let's go over to the other side. And then you're like, yeah, the Lord is calling me. This will be great. You know? Have you guys ever seen those island videos? There's like island music and the boats are beautiful and the seas are clear. And it's like, blink, 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 blink. And everyone's just like, and the hair, the wind's flapping through the hair and all that stuff. No, nobody ever watches these? You ever seen these videos? It's like sandals commercials and stuff. You know what I mean? Everything's honky-dory, and I think sometimes we feel like when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, everybody assumes that it's going to be a sandals commercial, you know? Not necessarily the case here. Let's read on. And yet Jesus was in the stern asleep, so there's a storm raging. The disciples are freaking out. And Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. He even had a cushion, man. I love that. And they woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And he got up. This is Jesus. Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. Can you say perfectly calm? The disciples were in what I call a tiz. Anyone ever been in a tiz? Now listen, tizzes happen. I get it. Tizzes happen. But sometimes when you're so wrapped up in the tiz, you can't hear God in the moment and do the very thing he's calling you to do. 
Also, hear me on this, sometimes not getting wrapped up in the chaos can be misperceived as a lack of caring. You don't have to freak out to help someone get out. You don't have to meet, I see your freak out with a, ah! you know what I mean? I see your freak out. I take time to listen to you and understand you. But I'm not going to let myself get riled up. I'm going to hear God. I'm going to speak that which he shows me. And it's going to help bring perfect peace. We have the same authority to make these kinds of decisions in our own lives. Maybe, just maybe, you need to take a nap. Maybe, just maybe, before you open your mouth. But I can't, I can't sleep. I'm thinking so much. Ask God to bless your sleep. That's coming from somebody who has seasons where I really, really struggle going to sleep. But guess what? Last night I slept like a baby. Thank you, Lord. It was so good. I was able to come here so ready and prepared for the, the storm, yeah. <laughs> you know? But how many of y'all know, like worship team, did I freak out? Like, it's like, okay, that's not working. God, what do we do? Okay, we'll do that. Okay, call Mitchell. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? And just like step by step, and I'm not saying, look at me. I'm just saying we don't have to bite the bait of the chaos so that we're so wrapped in it that we can't speak to it. We can speak to it. Just like Jesus did. Well, I'm not Jesus. You have the same spirit of God living in you. The same spirit of God living in you. You can speak to the sea, tell it to be still. As he is, so are we in this world. That's scripture. Speaking quickly from a tiz will likely end up contributing to it rather than calming the, sea, calming the sea. Maybe learn from Jesus and go take a nap and get up and say exactly what needs to be said to the storm. And watch him work. Your tiz is accomplishing nothing other than contributing to the very chaos that's freaking you out in the first place. I promise you that. So slow down for peace. What's another good reason to slow down? Slow down to rein in your emotions and anger. Anybody, we got any light switch people in the house? You know? Um, this is something that I believe God, God has really worked out in me a lot. Um, I used to get upset very quickly and very easily. Um, and how many will know the Spirit of God is so good? I'm getting, okay, I got a come on and a few head shakes. How many know the Spirit of God is so good? Listen, sometimes we just like excuse these things as habits and we don't think God can actually work through them and change them. I'm telling you, He can. Like, you don't have to be so quick and so hot headed. 
you can see God turn that into, okay, wait. I can calm down. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit for a reason. It's the Spirit of God helping us control ourselves. And sometimes it's just chucked up to like the food in the fridge. And sure, bodies, souls, all of it, he gets it all. And his fruit of self-control, I think, is necessary for all parts of our existence, including these things, including the emotional anger that can occur in the midst of a intense conversation. Again, James 1, 19 through 20, let's pull that back up. You know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Do you want to bring about the rightness of you or the righteousness of God? You have to ask yourself this question. I get it. I've found myself in conversations with my wife where I'm just trying to be right. Anybody else? You know what I mean? I'm forgetting a few things there. I'm forgetting, first of all, my main endeavor in life is to shine like a light for Jesus and to bring about his righteousness, right? So that means the things that come out of this are not about proving, no, 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 you're wrong, I'm right. The things that come out of this is, hey, how can we see more clearly his rightness? His rightness, not ours, his rightness. And I'm not saying there's not ever a time where you can persuade someone. I'm just saying the means by which we often attempt to get people to see what we see the way we see it is in this fiery, intense way in which real understanding is borderline impossible. Your memes are convincing no one. I love you. Your hot takes are convincing no one. Good for you and your opinion. You want to be right or you want to be righteous? <laughs> That's good. I mean, you're not, you're not totally wrong there, you know what I mean? But the right response is letting his righteousness flow through you. That's really what it is. Proverbs 12, 18, I just want to talk about how, how quick speech from a place of anger can be so destructive. Proverbs 12, 18, this is in the e -ip. Whoop. Ip. This is the NASB. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Are you fighting or are you hoping to help things heal? Are you destroying or are you building? Are you, are you working against each other or are you on the team? Sometimes I just need to remind myself like, wait, bro. You're on the same team. Why are you making this person out to be an enemy? Why are you being such an angry elf? 
You know? The tongue of the wise brings healing. In the message translation, it says, rash language cuts and maims, but there is healing in the words of the wise. Again, before speaking, ask yourself, do I want to hurt or do I want to heal? Do I want to hurt this person or do I want to see healing for us? Proverbs 14, 29. Y'all ready? One who is slow to anger has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered exalts foolishness. Isn't that interesting? One who is slow to anger has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered exalts foolishness. This kind of leads us into the next thing I want to talk about, slowing down to understand. Slowing down to understand. Slowing this thing down enables us to actually be quick to hear and slow to speak so that we can actually understand what someone is saying. Proverbs has a lot to say about speech. This is yet another one, Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Holy smokes. Anybody else get just like, whew? A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion. Slowing down enables us to hear and understand. Instead of thinking of our own response, the minute a person starts telling us something, what if we shut our mouth and shut our brain mouth and actually listened? Actually listened. And then took time to digest and then speak. It's like we're afraid of silence. Some of the most intelligent people in the world, if you watch interviews of them, they pause a long time before they speak. And it's funny because they can be deemed as like bad interviewees. No, they're probably great ones. They're probably taking time to hear the question. Because you know what happens when we're, when we're so, when we're not quick to hear, but we're quick to assume? So often, understanding gets left by the wayside and we end up speaking to something that they're not even talking about. Even just with, with this thing that we call the English language, I can say words, and when I say said words, sometimes I mean an entirely different thing with that word than you mean with that word. It's this wild thing that, called semantics. It's like, well, I mean this by this word. You mean this by this word. Oh, therein lies the confusion. 
therein lies, I thought you were saying this. But if we're just so quick to assume what the other person means or how they got to said conclusion, again, you can't even speak to it. You're speaking to an imagination, a speculation. That's not that much different than shouting your opinion into the world of the internet. But there's a human being in front of you who has real stuff going on, who there's a real opportunity to grow in relationship with. Let's not take that lightly. I like, uh, I like Proverbs 18, 13. We'll read it in the NASB first. It says, one who gives an answer before he hears, it is foolishness and shame to him. In the message, I like it. Message, man, he just ain't afraid of making anybody upset. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, you know? Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Anybody in the house ever watch Press Your Luck? Yeah, yeah uh, so this is a show, it's a game show. Um, they've made a new version of this show, um, and we watch it some Sunday afternoons over at the Carlson house, because how many of y'all know after Sundays, sometimes we just need to be like, you know, just like hang out, watch some hilariousness, you know, game show fun. And you know what's super funny? Over and over and over again, the way this game works is a question is asked, and the first person to buzz in with the answer they get more points. And I can't tell you how many times the person, like one of the people at the buzzers interrupts the question before she gets to the end and they're like, ah, squeegees, you know? It's like, what, squeegees? Let me finish the question. You know, and it has nothing to do with squeegees. It's like, what kind of seed do you plant for a mulberry tree, you know? Squeegees was your answer. Squeegees. Kind of off topic. Kind of irrelevant. Kind of what we do a lot of the time when we don't listen to the whole thing that someone is actually saying and endeavor to understand it by the Spirit of God. How many of y'all know the Spirit of God can give us a discernment that transcends confused speech and that which we do not naturally understand. He can give us that kind of discernment. He can show us what people mean. He can give us an empathy for where people are coming from and why. Rather than us assuming things, quickly responding with an irrelevant answer. Another reason to slow down is to hear God. Can you say hear God? Slowing down to hear God. Uh, how many all know, again, often godliness can look less productive? Again, Jesus, asleep, on a cushion. One might look at Jesus and even call him lazy, right? Well, why, why isn't Jesus just being productive? Why isn't he up doing what he's supposed to be doing? Why is he so slow? <laughs> Well, here, Jesus didn't make any mistakes, did he? Jesus don't have the messes to clean up, does he? He's just getting up. He's like, okay, peace be still, calms down. 
Guys, why were you afraid? You have no faith? Come on. That's a whole interaction. But I tell you what, some of us in our tizzes are overcompensating from a place of fear. And because we're not slow to hear God, because we don't slow down to hear God and then move, we're wrapped up in actions that are just causing more chaos. And we have so much more labor to clean up those messes. I'm not saying every step you take by the Spirit of God is always going to be a walk in the park. But what I am saying is I want us, any messes that we want to see God clean up are byproducts of actual messes that a person caused by responding to true God movement on our behalf. I don't want us to be mess makers. Messes happen. Watch Jesus' ministry. But I wouldn't call Jesus messy. I'd say he was purposeful. He took time to hear God and do that. And sometimes he had to take care of some of the stuff that was all churned up. I'm not saying all conversations need to have long gaps. I'm saying a long gap is better than a deep gape. A long gap is much better than a deep gape. I promise you, you won't regret slowing this thing down. You will regret refusing to hear God's counsel on this and slow this down because things will come out of here that will cause real harm, real destruction. And you'll have to spend a lot of time cleaning up a mess and tending to a wound that would have never been there in the first place if you had just slowed down. Lastly, Ephesians 4.29, again in the Passion Translation, says this, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Don't you take time to prepare a beautiful gift? Hello? Um, you know, another way of looking at this when I was studying, uh, the, the, the image, the metaphor that came to mind was, you know, if you're having someone over for like dinner, you're not going to throw a Twinkie on the table and say, there you go. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying we can't get to a level of comfortability where we can eat Twinkies together. But what I am saying is I'm not going to look at your Twinkie and go, what a beautiful gift. <laughs> Unless I'm really craving a Twinkie. And you heard God and you just got right to it. Y'all, I ate Cap'n, I ate Crunch Berries yesterday. I don't eat sugar and I ate some Crunch Berries yesterday. And I tell you what, they have not gotten worse. You know? So, I... But taking time to prepare a beautiful gift. This is true both in counsel and in conflict. Taking time to make sure that what we present to the other person is actually a beautiful gift. Now, the reason I bring up counsel is because oftentimes we give people a Christian sentence that is essentially the same thing as the Twinkie. 
Again, anybody ever been in a rough situation, leveled with someone, and all they gave you was a Christian cliche? Here's your Twinkie. Well, God's gotcha. Thanks. I've never heard that before. Super helpful, according to the need of my moment. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, I'm not even saying he can't ever work by those things. Hear God, obey. But what I am saying is even saying those things should be the byproduct of us slowing down and hearing and then speaking so that we're not just giving somebody a lean cuisine when we could have been preparing the recipe of God and giving them the dish that was designed for them. Amen? So let's take time. Slow down. Hear God. Prepare a gift. Give a gift. And let's watch people blessed. Let's watch people be healed. And let's keep ourselves from getting in these hot messes that could be avoided before we ever open this thing. God, talk. Amen? Amen.